Hi, I'm Lisbeth and I'm the manager of Nordic Education Center for Dog Trainers. In short, Nordic Dog Trainer. We are based in Norway and our main focus is dog language, the calming signals and the distance increasing signals, and behavior and problem solving. We want to teach you how you can understand and communicate with your dog in the best possible way and how your dog can understand you even better. We are uniting all dog lovers around the world through our International Dog Trainer School online and in-person courses in Europe. Welcome to our podcast. Hi, this is Lisbeth and I'm ready for a new podcast. Today I want to talk about the benefits of slow walking. Walking slowly when you are walking your dog. Um, for those of you who have been listening to me and followed Nordic Dog Trainer for a while, you know that we are big fans of walking slowly uh, when we are walking our dogs. And for those of you who are new to this podcast, I will also explain why we are so fond of that. First of all, I just want to say that. Of course, dogs should be allowed to run and play and have fun, use their bodies, uh, walking in different um, landscapes. The best thing for a dog is, of course, to run freely or to walk freely um, in the woods, for example, with where it's not pavement or just one type of... of um, of uh, ground that you're walking on, but different uh, variations in the territory. That would that is the best for both dogs and for us humans. But of course, not all of us have the possibility to to walk in the forest, uh, at least not every day. And maybe some of you can't don't have a place nearby where you can have your dog off leash either. So. <clears throat> Walking our dogs should be for the benefit of the dog, not for you. I, we also need and want exercise. But if you want to exercise your own body, you should do that in your own time. And then you should adjust the walk with your dog to what your dog likes to do. And most dogs, they, no, let me rephrase that. Uh, it, that's a bit dangerous to say that most dogs, but a lot of dogs <laughs> um, might not necessarily get the walk that they would prefer to have. Dogs, they love using their nose, first of all. They love using their nose and to smell. And I'm sure you all know that. So just taking the time to let your dog, to allow your dog to be able to smell wherever he wants and for as long as he wants, will in itself be a stress-reducing activity. This is true. This is a fact. Because using our brains is also uh, lowering our blood pressure, 
um, when we're using it in a good way, of course, in an, in a good way, I mean, in a way that you like to use your brain to do activities that you like to do, right? And dogs, they like to sniff. They like to smell. And also, dogs get an incredible amount of, of information by smelling. So they are using a larger part of their brain when they're using their nose than us humans, a much larger part. And as you probably already know, their sense of smell is so much greater than ours. So it's really not something we can even compare. So imagine that someone would interrupt you every time you wanted to read something on Facebook or in the newspaper or when you're watching television. When you are trying to get information about something that you think is interesting or important. And if you were interrupted each time, that would not be so nice, would it? And that is actually what we are doing to our dogs when we constantly interrupt them when they're using their nose. Because when they're using their nose, they are finding information and maybe they pee a little bit, so they're leaving information as well. So I really want to promote uh, the fact that we should all let our dogs smell more when they're doing, uh, when we're going for a walk with them, because it's stress reducing, and it's sure something that your dog likes to do. And we have, at the dog trainer school, I've, I've had practical exercises where the students had to time how, for how long their dog was smelling uh, when they stopped to smell each time they stopped. Because to us, it feels, it can feel like forever, especially if you are in a hurry. So if this is in the morning and you're in a hurry because you need to get to work and all that, we are a bit stressed. And we might not have the time that we would like to have when we walk our dogs. Um, so in many uh, circumstances, it feels like forever when your dog is stopping to smell something. And we had all together 90-something um, answers, a little bit more than 90, 92 or 93 students did this exercise. And all together, um, I can't remember exactly the, the numbers now, and this is just an exercise that our students had. So it's not science-based or anything. It's just an exercise. And I would like you to do the same as well, actually. Um, but something like 80% of the times that the dog stopped to smell was less than one minute. Yeah? The remaining 20-something percent, it was 80-20 approximately. Um, the remaining 20-approximately uh, uh, percent was no more than two and a half minutes. Okay? So that's not really a lot, is it? So if you let your dog sniff and finish sniffing in one place before you keep on walking, uh, you will make your dog a lot more happy to appreciate his walk a lot more, definitely. And you will also see that your dog will be 
maybe even more relaxed, more calm. Last weekend, we had an online course with some other students uh, doing our dog trainer school. And their exercise was to walk slowly with a long lead, a three meter lead minimum. And they had to stop every time their dog stopped to sniff. So they needed to learn how to walk slowly. And the students were very surprised that after the weekend, they did this exercise both Saturday and Sunday, after the weekend, their dogs were in general much more sleepy, a bit tired, uh, and of course happy in a, in a good way. They were more relaxed. Even young dogs like Labradors, one year old. And the reason for this is that if we let our dogs use their nose when they go for a walk, basically, like I just said, it is a stress-reducing activity. And yes, you have to see it to believe it, really. Because most people don't believe me when I try when I tell them that this is really working. And of course, you need to do it every day, not once a week. <clears throat> and what do I mean by walking slow? Because slow walking is different to a big dog than to a small dog. So if you have a small dog like a Chihuahua or Kleinspitz or a small breed with short legs, when you think you are walking slow, your dog is probably still running a bit next to you. And I know a lot of you will say that, no, but my dog can't walk slowly. He's always pulling the lead. It's very difficult to get his attention when he's walking. But really, believe me, please try it. Put on a, at least a three meter long leash on your dog. Of course, we always recommend to use a harness. And then you take your dog to a place where you can walk slowly without too many disturbances. If your dog, if you live in the main street or in a busy city and you walk uh, outside your door and there's a lot of things happening, um, even then, if you start walking more slowly and let your dog stop and sniff and smell, your dog will, after a very short while, uh, also walk slower because they're copying us. And this we see in many other uh, instances as well when we are talking about dogs and behavior. You know, if we are stressed, if you are running around, if you are busy doing something, it's very likely that your dog will be a little bit uh, stressed as well. A little bit more um, energy, maybe bark um, more, or just in general being more restless. If we are acting in a calmer way, if we sit down, if you watch television uh, and do nothing, then your dog will also be calmer. So how we, what we do and how we do it is very important, how we are reacting. And let me give you an example of my own, with my own dogs. If I 
if I'm in a hurry, I'm a person that can get stressed. I actually I get quite easily stressed. Okay, so I'm trying to work on that. But um, I'm also a person who <laughs> is always five minutes late. Unfortunately, I'm also working on that. But when I'm late and I'm taking my three dogs into the car, then even though I'm trying to act calmly, I can see it so clear that just getting my three dogs in the car is, uh, it's not trouble, but it's just um, more, how can I say, it's, it's more, it's not difficult, but they would maybe try to uh, jump in together. And, you know, you can't fit three dogs in the door together. So they will be a bit more um, stressed, really, as well, actually. If I don't, uh, if I'm not late, if I take my time and I uh, go out in the car, open the door, they will actually be very calmly walk into the door, uh, to the car one by one without me even telling them to do so. They can even sit down and wait for their turn to jump into the car. And I've seen this for many years. Now I have three dogs. I used to have eight dogs altogether. But uh, for the last 20 years, I've had a lot of dogs, uh, not only one, but, well, uh, between three and eight dogs. And... Um, this is a very typical example, and it should give me as well um, the lesson to learn that I, I need to be, <laughs> I don't, I, that I shouldn't be late for things because it really, it doesn't benefit my dogs either. And if you start observing your dogs when you are behaving a little bit stressed, um, it can also be. Um, stress is a very negative term, but when I say stress, I can mean it also in a positive way, like you're looking forward to something. Your dog will also be a bit stressed when you come home because he's happy. Yeah. So that's in a way, it's a good kind of stress. It doesn't have to be very, very negative all the time. So if we are calmer, if we are acting calmer, if we spend a little longer walking our dogs, Seriously, if your dog is sniffing, um, uh, is allowed to do a lot of sniffing on your walk, you will have a more relaxed dog, even young dogs. And um, try to just get up five minutes earlier and give your dog five more minutes on your morning walk before you go to work to let him sniff. And the important thing, and that is quite important, they've done some research on that, and that is, it's very important for the dog to be allowed to finish smelling, not to be uh, interrupted. Okay, so what I want you to do is to get a hold of a three meter long leash, and a well-fitted harness, and try to walk slower with your dog. This is a podcast, so it's difficult for me to show you. Uh, but really, if you think you're walking slow, try to walk even a little bit slower. And when you have a long lead, your dog will automatically have more 
space to walk in before your lead is tight. If you have a problem with your dog pulling on lead, uh, then you need to work on that as well. You need to train that as well to um, help your dog to follow you, to understand the dynamics with being on lead. That's not something they know. They have to learn that. Um, but even an untrained dog, if you have a long lead, um, if your dog is, if you think your dog is absolutely crazy and cannot do this, then I would actually have an even longer lead and start doing this on like maybe uh, in a park with not so many people or a parking lot, parking place or uh, in a street where there's not so many people or as little people as possible actually so that your dog can be allowed to run or to walk around in the long lead. And when you use a long lead, because your dog gets more space to move, it doesn't pull that much either. Because very often they only need to go, you know, a, a few steps down there to just check out some nice smell or something. So just by changing to a longer lead will help you uh, uh, help your dog to walk nicer because they walk faster than us, first of all in their normal uh, walk speed, um, uh, a big dog breed could walk faster than us if we walk really slow. So I really, uh, because this weekend we saw again really, really good results of how important it is to walk uh, in a dog's, um, in, in, uh, as slow as the dog wants to walk and let the dog smell and finish smelling whenever he wants to smell. That's something you have to learn yourself to enjoy. I actually, I love watching my dog smell because I know that they enjoy doing that activity. So when they're smelling something, I enjoy watching, observing how they're using their nose. I think it's very exciting. Well, I'm a bit of a nerd when it comes to dog behavior, but it, it gives me joy to see that my dogs are happy and they're doing something they enjoy. And I think this is also something we, the, the humans, we have to learn to relax a little bit more. Um, and it's fine to walk slow with your dog. I know, like I said in the beginning, of course dogs have to, be able to move freely and run and you know play if they want to and uh, so on. But it's really important that we start thinking about how we are walking our dogs when they are on lead because then we decide the, the, the pace of the walk. And that's not always the same pace as your dog would like. They are getting used to it. That's the thing. When we get them as young dogs, we... For some reason, we automatically automatically start start to walk quite fast, and I see dog owners. You know, they they're impatient and they they're trying to call their dog and say, "Come on, come on, let's walk, come on," you know, and they want to walk a bit faster because they also want to give the dog exercise. But if you have the opportunity to watch your dog off leash 
and you walk in a field or in the woods or, or somewhere safe, of course, and your dog is off leash, he's not running around for an hour. If he's running around, really running, running, running by himself, and it's one dog, I'm not talking about two or more dogs playing, I'm talking about one dog. If he's constantly running for an hour or even half an hour, that is not uh, normal. I've never seen a dog just run, 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 run by himself <laughs> when there's no, no play involved. They would typically run for the first minute or so. When you let them off lead, they will, of course, run and go and smell. This is how I do my walks. Uh, I, I've been so lucky to live very close to the woods so I could uh, take my dogs on lead and then just walk for maybe 100 meters, a couple of minutes, and then have them off leash for the rest of the walk. Um, and they would typically run a little bit for some for just a few steps. They wouldn't even run very much they, because they're used to being off lead. Uh, and if we were in the field and a couple of dogs wanted to play and really run, it's beautiful to see how they can how, how they can use their bodies in that way. And of course, that's good exercise as well. But then they will eventually, after a few minutes, start start to stop to smell things and to explore and to walk. And yes, like my golden retriever, she's a very fast walker. So off lead. She's walking quite fast, but she's still walking. Um, uh, and then I have other breeds like uh, Eurasians, uh, Collies. Um, of course, it's very individual as well, but they all walk, they trot, and they gallop. But they mostly walk when we go off leash. They mostly walk and then they run for a little bit and then they walk again. But most of the time, if I'm out in the forest for one hour, most of the time they're actually walking and stopping and smelling. So that is how they normally would uh, behave. That's how they would naturally exercise themselves as well. So if we are just walking on a pavement, maybe even the same walk every day, same route, um, nothing new added, maybe some new smells, yes, that's fine, but um, no new experiences, no new things to see or explore, um, that's quite boring. It's also a bit boring for us. So I would also suggest that you at least once a week, it's a minimum, you find a new place to walk your dog. That's good for both you and your dog. And I promise you, once you start looking for new places, you will discover a lot of places in your local environment that you can explore yourself. And that could be any kind of places. Like I said, you know, a schoolyard, in the evening when there's no kids around, there's a lot of nice and exciting smells there. Um, outside a shop, um, 
Oh, there's so many places. I can't think of all of them now, but I try to do that at least once a week, still at least once a week. But uh, regularly we, we get to, to walk them uh, in new different places um, twice a week. But I also make sure to not do the same walk for more than three days, actually. Uh, but this depends on how you live, of course. If you have a car or if you live in a busy city center. Um, I Right now, I live in the north of Norway. We have a lot of beautiful nature and places to go. Um, but I need a car to, to go to somewhere where I can have them off lead. So every if I have not been driving a car for three days, I always tell myself that I have to do that so they can get somewhere to uh, somewhere new to walk and it's good for me as well so to sum up i suggest that you try and walk your dog on a longer lead than you have today most of you don't do not have three meters leashes if you do have them that's fine <laughs> um and then you try to walk slower than you do today and it might confuse your dog a little bit in the beginning because it's used to you almost running, like going, let's go walking, like let's go for a brisk walk. I need the exercise and you have to follow me. Um, so you need to walk slower and you have to stop when your dog is stopped. When your dog stops to smell, you need to stop and wait for your dog to finish smelling. And then you... Uh, walk until he stops again to smell. Don't tell yourself that you are going to go uh, uh, to, to walk a certain route. Just tell yourself maybe you want to be outside for 30 or 40 minutes. So don't um, pay attention to how, how um, the distance you're walking but more to the time that you are out, out spending with your dog. I also think that we actually, we should, uh, okay, you don't need to leave your mobile at home. I do that, though. No. <laughs> um, but you, at least, you need to put it in your pocket and not use your mobile when you are walking your dog, unless it's really, really necessary. I see a lot of people walking their dogs talking on their mobile phones. This is very normal today, isn't it? Um, but is it really good for the dogs? Is it fair for the dogs? I think that we should, at least during the walk, be there for them. Maybe talk to them if you want to do that and just pay attention to your dog. Because it's like driving, you know? You're not supposed to drive and, and talk in your mobile phone at the same time. And there's a reason for that. It's because your attention is not on your driving. So your attention is not on your dog when you're talking on the phone either. So if he pulls in a certain direction because he wants to smell there, you are busy talking on the phone and don't notice and maybe even pull or drag your, your even drag your dog a little bit uh, to get him to follow you instead because you are busy doing something else. So think about the walks 
as a benefit for your for your dog do the the kind of walk and exercise that your dog likes and that will benefit your dog the age of your dog the the dog's body uh, some dogs have injuries or pain or discomfort of course you need to check that out and get that sorted um I also see a lot of people actually walking their dogs when it's limping. And that's horrible, I think. So less stress for you and your dog when you are having a nice walk together. And don't use a mobile phone. And try it. Please try it. Okay. <laughs> I get very uh, engaged when I'm talking and I don't have a PowerPoint or anything. I'm just sitting now in front of my computer just talking freely about this. And it's really something that I've seen uh, hundreds, hundreds of dogs benefit from. It's a longer lead and slower walking human. Yeah. And it works for all dogs all ages all breeds okay um i am about to start recording very very interesting uh talks with my students at the dog trainer school i've invited them to come and have a chat with me here on my podcast about how uh, dog keeping is in their countries because we do have an international dog trainer school so we have people from really literally all continents and i love hearing about um dogs in other countries and how well, what dog people are interested in doing and how they're keeping their dogs and so on what breeds are popular and what dog sports are popular and all that kind of things because it's very different from country to country so um you will get a lot of very good talks from us me and my students in podcast this spring so i'll I, well i don't see you next week but uh you will hear me next week <laughs> okay bye bye <laughs>